Hey, Terry. Hey, Alex. Hey, guess what time it is? I think it's time to go cruising. Ooh, you'd be right. We are going cruising in a great European river cruise. Let's get on board and find out what it's all about. Terry, 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 I am so excited about this particular podcast because it's all about the river cruise. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay, so before we even start, let's dream our travel dream. If you could take a river cruise to anywhere in the world, even if it's still in Europe, where would you go? Well, I looked at this because I, you know, you went on a river cruise. So I was like, oh, where would I like to go? Uh Well, I do see they have a a river cruise from Paris to the Swiss Alps. You're never going to believe this. That was the river cruise I took. It looks delightful. It's fabulous. Let me tell you something. European river cruising is a great way to see places in the middle of Europe that are on the continent. And they can sometimes be overlooked by beginning travelers because those huge cruise lines only take you to those coastal places. These river cruises get right in there up inside into the interior of the continent to really help you see it. The cruise that I took was called Paris to the Alps, and it goes down the mighty Rhine and the dreamy Moselle River. You can find itineraries for almost any river in Europe from Portugal to Amsterdam. At the time of this recording, we really want to make sure that people understand that there are voyages that would normally take you into Ukraine and Russia on the Volga. However, those cruises have all been canceled until we see some sort of solution with the Russian aggression. And considering how travel is such a political act, it would be remiss of us not to say how much we our hearts are supporting the Ukrainian people at this time. Please make sure that as you travel, you're not sending your U.S. dollars over to the Russians to further influence this, but instead support Ukraine through product choice, travel choice, and prayer at this time. Amen. Amen. Okay. We are going on that cruise, and we are going to make the most of it. Do you think that you would honestly enjoy a river cruise, or do you think, like, mm, maybe it's not for me? Well, I, looking between the two, first of all, what I've read up and what I've heard from you is that river cruises uh, are not as large as your normal cruises. So mm-hmm. you have, like, a smaller amount of people, which I think is a plus for me. One, I don't gamble, and I know this is taboo. Uh, I'm not a bit, I don't drink, so it's not like I'm necessarily looking for, you know, bars and all this, and I like the fact that you're going to learn about the places you're going to. Well, I think you bring up a very good point because river cruises are known to be far more academic in nature rather than ritzy glitzy entertainment. You know, the ship 
that you're on is very, very different from these huge mega ocean liners that exist. The rooms typically are about the same, sometimes a little bit nicer. They usually come in three levels, one where there's windows at the waterline. The next level up usually has what they call Juliet balconies. That's where you can open it up floor to ceiling, but you can't step out. And the third are a regular balcony where you can open up and step out and kind of sit on the side. One of the constri- the constricts for river cruising are the famous locks that exist throughout these rivers. So their size is constricted by being able to get passage through each and every one of these locks, which is an experience in itself. The locks are um, maybe three or four miles apart, and they help the water kind of progress from the mountainous areas that are closer to Switzerland and the inland areas, the interior areas, and to the coastal areas, which sit much lower. So they're meant for shipping and industry, but the cruise lines take advantage of them. It's super fun to go through these locks. Uh, In our show notes, we will leave videos that show how cool the time lapse is of watching the water go up and down. It was a lot of fun to experience that in itself. But the ship itself does not have a ton of public areas and not a ton of entertainment. As a matter of fact, I would say that the entertainment is pretty much kept to a piano player during the evening. The academic talks about the culture that you are cruising through and the nightly cruise brief that your cruise director will share with you. Other than that, you're kind of on your own using either the lounge or the sun deck. There is no casino. There is no specialty restaurant. There's no theater. There's no spa. They don't exist on any of these ships. I think maybe there's a spa on one of the European lines, Uh but there really is very minimal in nature, which can make the tour kind of the most important part of what you're doing when you're there are the ports. So what do you think you have to do to really get yourself ready to be on this kind of cruise? How do you feel that organized touring, I think, would be the first question you'd have to ask yourself? Well, I think it, for me, if it's a place I've, I haven't been before, mm-hmm. I would be very appreciative of some organized tour, mm. just, you know, to get kind of wet behind the ears. And uh, I'm all for that. Now, sometimes, is it okay to go off on your own? I think yes, if you research and know what you're doing. But if I'm a first timer, I would probably look into the organized tour. I can understand that. I think that some of the tours are really great. Now, I have to tell you, I was there during the first summer of travel after the pandemic hit. So we had a very few people on board. As a matter of fact, we only had 67 people on our 
cruise ship, which would hold normally like about 163 people. So you can imagine there was a lot of room to spread out and it was a little bit easier to enjoy. However, the tours were rather limited and tours come in two ways. There are included tours and then there are upgradable tours, meaning I can go and take the walking tour of the town that we just pulled up to, or I can go on a bus and go with a a smaller group to maybe a winery or a distillery or a particular castle that could be further away. One of my favorite ones that I saw was being able to get off the ship and they had bikes available to bike to the next port that the ship was pulling into about two hours later. So you kind of got a sense of the river from that biking path that went along it. So I thought that was super cool. That is so cool. You, yeah, kind of paying for those bike rentals and those kind of things. So those are the two kinds of tours that are basically available to you. I have to say for me, I'm a take it and leave it kind of person. If it's a town where I have done a lot of research and research is available to me, and I really have my heart set on doing something very specific, I may skip the walking tour with the local in order to do exactly what I want. This happened to us in Strasbourg, France, where we wanted to go shopping for the local French pottery, which we fell in love with. And so we actually didn't get on the buses with the tour and go into the city and walk around all of these different parts. We Ubered right from the side of the ship right into downtown. They dropped us off. We went to mass and then the shops opened up after we had a little cafe and croissant and we enjoyed the afternoon. We certainly did take the bus back with everybody because it was convenient, but we kind of did our own thing. So I think you've got to make sure that as you're planning, you're really thinking about what's available to you and what to expect in each place. Gotcha. Now, this particular cruise brought us through some really incredible places, and I'm just going to kind of list for you what was available to us on this particular one. We started in Paris where there were certainly tours for us to take, but we had our hearts set on doing some very specific things, so we definitely did not take advantage of the tours there. We then went on to Rheim, which is to the east of Paris, and went to the cathedral that's there, and then on to Luxembourg, where we made a quick stop at the American Cemetery before boarding our cruise. Once we were on the ship, we stopped in Trier where there is a lot of Roman runes and beautiful vineyards. Even if you don't drink wine, it was so beautiful to see these steep vineyards on both sides of you on the Moselle River. Just so panoramic, so scenic. Sometimes the time when we were moving on the ship was more beautiful than the time we spent in the little charming stops that we made along the way. We then stopped at a place called Cochem, which was full of lovely half-tempered charm, exactly what you think about when you think about that little European town. Now, one thing I have to say, when you do 
do a lot of these river cruises is sometimes they are slotted for a specific time of day. And if that time of day is morning, not everything may be open, particularly on a Sunday. So it's really important to know what your options are. If things aren't open, those are really good times to take advantage of those organized tours so that you can enjoy a little bit more. So a little travel tip when it comes to to tour or not to tour, because that's definitely part of it. We moved on to where the Rhine and the Moselle meet, and we went to Koblenz, where the Deutsches Eck is. That's where these two rivers converge, and that is where the corner of this convergence is a huge statue to Kaiser Wilhelm, and it's really neat to see how the two rivers kind of come together. Charming little workaday town. We really liked it there. Mainz was next on our list, and that is where Johannes Gutenberg was from, and they had a great museum to him, local Saturday markets, which were fantastic, and beautiful Baroque churches. We really liked it there a lot. Our next town was Speyer, which was beer gardens and a beautiful basilica. They had a wonderful Saturday promenade that was just meant for enjoying all of the kind of the modern stores. There's nothing like a German home store where you go in and you see absolutely every knickknack and utensil and pot and pan and all the different homewares that they have that you just want to ship back home because they're so fascinating. We loved it. We had such a good time. And then we went, we sat in the beer garden with pretzels, which you've got to do at least once, right? But by far, our favorite stop on the entire thing was Strasbourg in France. The ambiance is exactly what you think of when you watch Beauty and the Beast, that opening scene with the bonjour, that is this town by far. And it was fabulous. We enjoyed it so, so very much from mass to the food that was there was just outrageous. And the shopping was so much fun. We really had a great day there. Definitely a place that I would love to go back to out of all the little stops that we made along the way. Our ship brought us into Basel, Switzerland from there, and that was where we left cruise life and went back into bus life, and they got us over to Zurich. Zurich was the place where they were definitely leaving, but one of the biggest tips that I have, no matter what cruise you're on, is to make sure that you take advantage of the time before and the time after and seeing something on either side since you've flown this far to be on a European river cruise or any cruise for that matter, take a little time. We took time in Paris beforehand. We took time in Switzerland and Bavaria afterwards. So there is a lot to see when it comes to cruising and a lot to do and a lot of choices to make for sure. So I think cruising is totally worth it. It's all about whether or not you have chosen the tours that work well for you. Right, right. Okay, I feel... Oh, I want to ask you this one last question. Okay. Okay. So, Terry, now that you've heard all about river cruising, I have one last question for you, and this is it. Ready? Yes, yes I'm ready. 
Okay, the question is, what would you spend your $300 shipboard credit on? Would you spend it on something from this very tiny gift shop, which is usually just kind of a wall by reception? Uh full of a few things Uh would you spend it on the silver spirits liquor package or would you spend it on an upgradable tour what would you choose well i can probably take out the silver liquor package that 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 wouldn't be me uh i'm gonna do an upgrade i'm gonna do an upgrade on a tour or if they offer laundry service. Oh, good one. Yes. Okay. There you go. That's what I do. I will I'm gonna tell you what I spent mine on. Are you ready? A yeah. little la- a little laundry service. A little uh-huh, uh-huh. And I bought the silver spirits of package. You I did. did. Of course. <laughs> you were with your mom. You had to. <laughs> Too funny. Hey everybody, Alex here from the editing studio with a couple of great now boarding picks to help you get your travel dreams started when it comes to great river cruising. I have a couple of ideas for you. Let's start with some books. The first book that I'd love to recommend to you is a great reference guide. It's called Lonely Planets Cruise Ports for European Rivers. It covers every river that has cruise lines on it and gives you the most important information about the most popular ports. Now, buyer beware, I do want to let you know that not every port that we went to was featured in this book, but it certainly was a great place to kind of get my bearings and understand exactly what was going on around me. The second book that I'd love to recommend to you is called The Rhine by Ben Coates. It follows Europe's greatest river from Amsterdam to the Alps through history, economy, and political understanding. It was a great read, and it certainly made me far more aware about where I was as we sailed through. The biggest travel tip that I can give you about river cruising is to use those cruises to get you from one place to another. Go early, stay in a great city, enjoy that time, take your cruise, stay late, enjoy the city that you ended up in, and then leave a few days later so that you can really enjoy everything that you're doing. My travel product for river cruising was to have a laundry bag and a laundry plan to go with this. I can't think of one thing we preach more on this podcast and in our blog services than have a plan for your laundry. It's certainly so important. Now on the fun side, my travel binge has been to go to the movie theater lately, and I just came from Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. OMG, it was fabulous. Now, if you've listened at all, you know that I'm an Agatha Christie junkie. I love her style and her wit and her humor, and this movie captured all of it with an all-star cast, including Kenneth Branagh, Gal Gadot. And if you are familiar at all with Absolutely Fabulous and its creator, Don French, you will enjoy some of the great gems that are left for you in this movie. 
Now, I do want to talk a little bit about the food that you're going to encounter when you're on a river cruise ship. It's a lot different than it is on an ocean liner. Menus in cruise ships are not never-ending buffets, but they are full of great regional food. There is an expectation to return to the ship for lunch and dinner, but don't forget to enjoy those cafes, bistros, or wherever you are when your feet are on land. It's okay to skip what's on the ship, but know that if you skip, there's not going to be a never-ending buffet waiting for you when you get back. As for travel tech, I think it's super important to make sure that you use all the tools on the website for whichever cruise line you do choose. I think you'll find that they offer a great amount of information to make you super prepared without a lot of work. So I hope you enjoyed learning about river cruising. We absolutely loved it. And we know that as your travel dreams progress, they may take you down a beautiful river. We hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. We drop two episodes every month for year-round travel fun. You can find more tips, hacks, destination guides, and inspiration at bobsheandyaya.com. That's also where you'll find information about our upcoming workshops and our upcoming small group travel experiences. That's right. We'd love for you to join us during our travel season as we take in glorious destinations like Edinburgh, Paris, Warsaw, and Amsterdam. It's going to be so much fun. Don't hesitate to leave us a little comment or a review, especially over there on iTunes where the numbers do all the talking. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on all the social media, including TikTok and Facebook, by searching at Bapshi and Yaya. That's B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A-Y-I-A. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you.